0: Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. The Constitution of the United States had just been signed. America was officially a nation. Benjamin Franklin walked out of the meeting room and there were many people anxiously awaiting the news. One lady by the name of Mrs. Powell walked up to Benjamin Franklin and said, So Mr. Franklin, what type of government have your delegates given us? Benjamin Franklin gave this famous reply, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. You see, what Benjamin Franklin meant by that was the Constitution had laid the foundation for the United States to be a great nation. The question now was, would the people live up to it in such a way that they would keep it? Nehemiah, with God's help, had not only rebuilt the wall, but he had restored a purpose. He had rekindled a passion, and a city had been reborn. Now the big question that was before the people was this. Could they keep it? Would they finish what Nehemiah had started. Nehemiah and the leaders understood that all the problems Jerusalem had experienced stemmed directly from their ancestors' decision to abandon God's law. They were wise enough to realize that disobedience, not military weakness, was the ultimate reason that their nation had collapsed and that their city had been destroyed, and that their wall had been torn down. They knew if God allowed the wall to be torn down once, well, he could certainly allow it to be torn down twice if that were necessary. At the close of chapter 9, we read how the people had developed a written covenant between themselves and God to make sure it wouldn't happen again. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 38. Because of all this, we are making a firm agreement in writing with the names of our officials, our Levites, and our priests on the seal. In in these days, weeks, and months of rebuilding the wall, These people had learned some very valuable lessons. One of them was, it costs to obey God. I'm not going to lie to you. It does cost to obey God. When you finally and truly sell out to God, it will cost you time, it will cost you money, comfort, and it certainly costs those people all of those things to rebuild the wall, but they also learned a second lesson. It costs more not to obey God. It always pays to obey. It never pays to disobey God. These people had come now to the most critical time in their life. That is, were they going to live in such a way that they would be able to keep what God had given to them? In other words, would they finish strong? Several years ago, Jim Collins wrote a best-selling book entitled Built to Last. In it, he presented the result of a six-year quest to identify and research the development of what he called visionary companies. These were companies like Marriott, 3M, Boeing, Sony, and Walt Disney. He defined them this way. Visionary companies are premier institutions, crown jewels in their industries, widely admired by their peers, and having a track record of making a significant impact on the world around them. He found that there were several characteristics several common denominators that were shared by each one of these companies. One of those characteristics was an uncompromising commitment to a set of core values. He quotes Tom Watson Jr., the former chief executive of IBM, about the importance of following a guiding set of principles. He said, I believe that any organization... In order to survive and achieve success, must have a sound set of beliefs on which it premises all of its policies and actions. Next, I believe the most important single factor in the corporate success is faithful adherence to those beliefs. Beliefs must always come before policies, practices, and goals. The latter must always be altered if they are seen to violate fundamental beliefs. The people of Jerusalem in Nehemiah chapter 10 make three core commitments that would guarantee that they would keep what God had given them and would guarantee that they would finish strong. If we today would make these three supreme commitments, whether in our individual lives, in our homes, in our marriages, with our children, in our businesses, in, in whatever God has called us to do, we too shall finish strong. Number one, surrender to the word of God. Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 29. Here's what it says. They join with their officials and relatives and make a solemn pledge to live by God's instruction, which was given by Moses, God's servant, and to observe faithfully all the commandments, judgments, and the statutes of our Lord God. With Nehemiah's name heading the list, 84 persons put their seal on this covenant that they had made with the Lord. They had heard God's word read. They had heard God's word explained. Now, they were committing themselves to obey what they had heard. Now, it was a serious matter to seal a document because it, it meant you were taking a solemn oath before the Lord, Numbers chapter 30 and verse 2, look at what it says. When a man makes a solemn promise to the Lord or swears a solemn pledge of binding obligation for himself, he cannot break his word. He must do everything he said. A covenant, it was simply to show that a person truly meant business with God. If God is God, and if the Bible is God's word, then it ought to determine two things about us. It ought to determine what we believe and how we behave. A.W. Tozer put it this way, truth divorced from life is not truth in its biblical sense, but something else and something less. No man is better for knowing that God in the beginning created the heaven and the earth. The devil knows that. No man is better for knowing that God so loved the world of men that he gave his only begotten son to die for their redemption. Theological truth is useless until it is obeyed. Point number two, submit to the will of God. The Jews, well, they were surrounded by idol worshipers, pagans, and unbelievers who wanted them, well, to become a part of their social, religious, and business society. They wanted them to live just like they lived, to act just like they acted, and to do just what they did, That's why we read in verse 28 that the people who signed this covenant were, look at what it says, all who have separated themselves from the neighboring peoples to follow the instruction from God together with their wives, their sons, their daughters, and all who have knowledge and understanding these people were beginning to see Israel as it could be and as it should be. They wanted other people to see that they were completely sold out to the will of God regardless of the costs. We need to understand the connection between God's will and God's word. God has a will for your life. And there are certain ways He wants you to behave. And there are certain things He wants you to believe. 100% of those two things are found right here. They're found in God's Word. The purpose of the Bible is not just information, it's transformation. How do you become different so you can make a difference? By finding God's will in God's word and doing it. The rest of this chapter 10, it's a specific application of God's word in the practical lives of these people so that that they would do God's will. In verse 30, the people are reminded that it is the will of God for them to marry only fellow believers. Verse 30, We won't give our daughters in marriage to the neighboring peoples, nor take their daughters in marriage for our sons. See, for years and years, believing Jews had been marrying unbelieving pagans and Gentiles. It was a great problem. Why? Well, it was causing many of them to compromise their belief, and some of them, will even to desert their faith. Nehemiah 10.31 says, if the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or any grain to sell on the Sabbath, we won't buy it from them on the Sabbath or on any other holy day. Every seventh year, we won't plant crops and we will return anything held in debt. The first specific area that they were to submit to was to stop marrying non-believers. The second was was to observe the Sabbath. God had commanded that they rest on the seventh day of the week and to do no work. But because of pressures from the surrounding culture, they had compromised. For non-Jews, the Sabbath, well, it was like any other day of the week with merchants and traders and farmers bringing their wares into Jerusalem to sell. So the Jews decide from now on the markets in Jerusalem will be closed on the Sabbath, honoring God over business. Now, there were actually two Sabbaths the law commanded, the Jews had to observe a weekly Sabbath and a yearly Sabbath. Every seventh year, the ground was not to be planted, but to be given a rest. And all debts were to be forgiven so that everybody could make a fresh start that year. Point number three, support the work of God. The third area that the Jews had to be corrected in was the financial support of the temple worship. Up to this point, the king of Persia had paid for the priesthood, had paid for the sacrifices in Jerusalem, but the law taught that that cost was the responsibility of the Jews themselves. God specifically commanded that the people support his work. Nehemiah chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. We pledge ourselves to keep the commandment and pay one third of a shekel each year for the service of our God's house, for the stacks of bread and the regular grain offering and the regular entirely burned offering, for the Sabbaths and the new moons and the appointed festivals, for the holy offerings and the purification offerings to make reconciliation for Israel and for all the work of our God's house. The last sentence of this chapter captures the spirit of why the people were determined to support God's work. It says we won't neglect our God's house. The word neglect literally means to let go or to let loose. It means to forsake, to let slide, to basically to ignore. You know, years before, God had brought a devastating charge against the people of Israel through the prophet Haggai. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 4. Look at what it says here. It says, Is it time for you to dwell in your own paneled house? while this house lies in ruins. God rebuked the people because they were so busy taking care of their own house, they neglected to take care of God's house. So the Jews had to submit on correcting these three glaring areas of disobedience, intermarriage with non-Jews, the observance of the Sabbath and the worship of God. The Jews focused on these three areas that God had shown them that they they needed to correct. And you know, you and I, we need to focus on these same areas of our life, the areas that God reveals to us so we can replace old habits with new. We're not blessed... By hearing the word, we're blessed by doing the word. And if you will apply one thing from the word, you will be blessed. So where do you begin? Well, what is one area where God seems to be speaking to you the most? What one change in your life would make the biggest difference in your life? Well, begin there. Maybe it's uh, procrastination or, or, or losing your temper or worrying about the future. Or maybe it's spending regular time every day with Christ, reading the Bible and praying. That's the most important habit to develop because everything else will flow from that habit. Concentrate on obeying God in one area. And as you see progress, and as the blessings come, which come from doing these things, doing them God's way, it will build momentum for you to make the next change. That doesn't mean you stop learning. We read the Bible primarily to learn about God and to build our faith. Read as much and as often as possible and your faith in God will grow. But in becoming a doer of the word, focus your attention on one area of obedience until you can execute it. And then move on to another one. In our spiritual growth, we have responsibilities, and God has responsibilities. Our responsibility is to work out what He first works in. When we put our faith in Him, He comes to live in us, forgiving all our sins, making me a new person, freeing us from sin, and giving us the power to live as God wants us to live. But if our confidence isn't in what Christ has done and is doing for us, we will never obey. If you don't believe that God has really forgiven you, if our identity isn't in what Christ has done, but in what we do, then failure is catastrophic. If we don't believe that Christ in all his power lives in us, and we can do all things through Him who lives within us, then we don't need more power to be obedient. We just need to use the power we already have been given. Then we won't attack the areas of our life which needs correction. Just as sin is the fruit of unbelief, obedience, is the fruit of faith. I obey because I believe God and because I trust God. I I was reading the other day about, about seamen back in the days of wooden ships. Sailors in that day had much to fear, including pirates and storms and diseases. But their greatest fear was that the ship might encounter what they called the doldrums. The doldrums was an area of the ocean near the equator that was characterized by calm and very light-shifting winds. It could mean death for the entire crew. The ship's food and water supply would be exhausted, As they would drift for days or even weeks, waiting for a breeze to put them back on course. And if it didn't, they would get into the doldrums and they would die. You know, it is so easy for a life, a marriage, a nation, a business to get into the doldrums and just drift. There is a way we can keep that from happening and we can finish strong by surrendering to the word of God, by submitting to the will of God, and by supporting the work of God. If we will do these things, we will not only please God, we'll not only fulfill our purpose in this life, we will max out in doing for God and being for God, what we should have done and what we could have been. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this tremendous opportunity to know you and to share this over the airwaves to thousands of people right now. Father, I pray that if anyone is in the doldrums of life right now, just drifting, that you will draw near to them, you will encourage them, you will motivate them, you will get them to understand the importance of spending time in the Word and in prayer. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that they will see exciting things happening in their lives. Thank you for loving us and the. Grace that you bestow upon us and the mercy you show us each and every moment of every day. Father, bless each and every viewer right now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that point in our program where we have our special offer. Each and every week, we have something special to offer you to help you better understand God's will for your life. And uh, I have a book here again. It's called The Passion of Love. He did it for you. Uh, We have offered this on a previous broadcast. We ran out of them, and we were able to get back to the publisher to get more copies, so we're able to offer it again. It's a wonderful book that speaks about the sacrifice of Jesus on behalf of each and every one of his children. I'd love you to have this book, uh, particularly if you're uh, going through some struggles right now in your life and you you feel a little discouraged. um, This can help you get back on track. It'll come to you free of charge, there's no obligation whatsoever on on your part, It'll it'll arrive in the mail. If you are interested in receiving this, then pay attention to the information we're about to provide.
1: TO RECEIVE TODAY'S FREE OFFER, YOU CAN LOG ON TO THE LESSONS FOR LIVING TELEVISION WEBSITE, WWW.L4LTV.COM. THAT'S THE LESSONS FOR LIVING TELEVISION WEBSITE, WWW.L4LTV.COM. YOU CAN ALSO WRITE US AT POST OFFICE BOX 27030, SIMCOE-CONLIN POST OFFICE, Oshawa, ONTARIO, L1G 0A3, AND WE WOULD BE HAPPY TO SEND THE OFFER OUT TO YOU. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conland Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337, one 1-800- 800 Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support.
0: Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Boy, the time sure goes by fast. Thank you so much for joining us. I can ask you to do me a favor and let your friends and family know. Let them know about the program and uh, when we're on in your area so that they can tune in next time. You know, if uh, they've missed any of the previous programs and like to get familiar with who we are, our website is a great resource for that, l4ltv.com. There's a Previous Programs tab there that uh, gives you access to all of the programs since we started. Uh, They're all available there. There's a Live Appearances tab where you can find out where i'll be appearing live and maybe i'll be in your neck of the woods sometime you can come out and say hi to me there's a donate today tab if you'd like to uh, send in an offering a donation to help keep the ministry on the air you will receive a tax-deductible charitable receipt because we are a not-for-profit organization there's an archived sermons tab there where i have other messages uh, filmed in other locations with a study guide to help you, you know, go through some of these perplexing questions that the Bible provides incredible answers to. Uh, I want you also to be aware that I'm on Instagram, santos underscore bill. Every day on Instagram I put out a devotional video. It's a minute long and uh, it's a great way to start the day. You, you read that, you listen to that, you get your cup of coffee and you begin your day focused on things of God. Uh, also, We have another website called missionnowcanada.com. That's the branch of our ministry that goes overseas and does all kinds of humanitarian work. Check out the missionnowcanada.com website. Uh, Sign up for the newsletter. You can send a donation specifically for those activities. Why not think about joining us on our next mission trip? All of the information is there. You can find out exactly where we will be and when. Well, looks like we're all out of time. I got to get rolling. We appreciate you being here with us. Once again, remember to let your friends and family know when we're on. Encourage them to tune in next time. God bless you. We hope to be able to do this again real soon. I'd love to have you join us. We'll see you then.